0: y'all it's your girl rosa sparks and it's a new episode of dainty thug we are talking about navigating a skinny world as a fat fam it might be something that some of y'all don't even think about or you'd be like oh i got fat friends or i got fat family members and i treat them all the same but do you really treat them all the same um, I know there's been times when amongst my friends or even co-workers and we'll be all out to lunch and they'll be like, oh, I'm watching my weight. I need to lose five pounds. So I can go swimming this weekend or something like that. And then I'll just look at myself like five pounds. I wish that was my problem to lose five pounds. But there's so many ways we navigate and, you know, how people who aren't that or who, you know have no idea what it's like to be fat go out of their way to be fat phobic even when they don't want to be so today we have a very special guest we have kiki here her ig is saint bessie and she's gonna talk she's gonna talk with us about how it is being fat navigating being a fat woman in today's society hey kiki
1: hey love how you doing
0: fine Happy holidays! Happy
1: New Year! Happy holidays! Yeah, it's a big snow day where I'm at right now. So snow everywhere. It feels like the real holidays.
0: So tell me how you know navigating as a fat fam, as a not, na- as a non-binary, you know, conforming fam. Like how do you feel, and what issues do you have with you know? friends family coworkers you know even people just randomly on social media because I feel like that's the first thing people go to is like oh well you fat you need to lose weight
1: so I mean one of the things that for me like I've been I've been considered fat most of my life I think I became like I when I was a kid up until like by the time I was like eight seven years old i was already taller than everyone i was bigger than everyone and so in my life i've gone from i've always been fat but i haven't always been like aware of my fatness and aware of the fact that like i deserve to be happy healthy in this body and so my experiences with skinnier friends or people who are smaller than me has really changed from when i was first fat like when i was younger and i was like a part of diet culture i believed that i needed to be on a diet i believed that i needed to restrict um what i was eating to like now where i'm like learning to love myself and like really want to just be good in my body um and so my relationship when i was especially when i was younger was a lot of the a lot of the people around me um usually skinnier people they not only projected their own feelings about what it meant to become fat or what they thought about fat people, the things that we saw in the movies, the things that we saw on the media and music, um, they also, like, enabled me, right? I remember there was this one time in high school and I was really struggling, um, I was really struggling with, like, fat phobia and internalized fat phobia and so i was really restricting what i was eating i was under eating i was not taking care of myself and i remember like telling my friends about it people who were supposed to be my closest friends and they congratulated me um sorry there uh, so they um they congratulated me, right? Something that, hap- something that in a smaller person would be diagnosed with like disordered eating. When I was telling them that I wasn't eating a lot, they told me, you know, they were like, oh, that's really great. And I actually wasn't trying to say that it was a good thing. And so for me, it meant that for me, it felt like they did not care if I was really healthy or not, you know?
0: And you know what? I think that, you know, my my... Experience with fat phobia definitely started as a little girl because I've been always been big all my life. It started, you know, no matter how cute I dressed or how nice my clothes were, I was still fat, you know. And you know, if I wanted an extra piece of cake or you know, extra ice cream or extra whatever. It was almost like you know, you need to watch your weight. You need to watch your weight. And that has always stuck with me as I got older. That you know. You're not going to get married because you're fat. You're not going to have kids because you're fat. No man's going to want you because you're fat. And even though, no matter how much self-esteem I've, you know, built for myself in the back of my head is always, you know, if I lost a couple dress sizes, you know, if I was Instagram fat, you know, because now we're in an age where people are, you know, i um, saying that they're more body positive, but it's a specific type of body that's, you know, accepted for being big. Like, you could be a quote-unquote big girl if you have, like, big titties, a small waist still, and large hips, you know. It has to be a certain type of fat that's acceptable now.
1: Right, and, and the thing is that most times when you see, like, the fat Instagram models, like, they're not actually fat. If you like read up on it, when like plus size fashion started to become popular, most of the models actually weren't. Um, they did not naturally wear plus size. Um, in this country and in like Europe, they would actually put on, um, put on padding to fit the clothing. Um, but the models would actually just be larger than what a straight size small size model was supposed to be and then they would make those they, so that meant they were plus size models but they actually couldn't fit the clothes and so that really teaches us like a disconnect right that like this is who you're supposed to aspire to be when I buy this clothing I'm supposed to look like this but actually that person doesn't reflect you me or like my fat community um and so most of the times when i see people on ig i see the hourglass shape and all of those things like i know that that doesn't reflect me and at the end of the day it's still not fat acceptance right because fat acceptance is supposed to be that you actually accept bodies as they come as they are and you're not trying to change them to fit any kind of mold
0: True. And I think when it becomes, you know, our friends and our close friends and our uh, immediate social circle that, you know, smaller people like it's like a catch 22. I feel like sometimes like they'll hang out with us and, you know, we're always supposed to be like the the jolly fat girlfriend for Mm -hmm. them. And, you know, sometimes I don't know how you've experienced this, but have you ever, or for anyone that's listening, have you experienced where, you know, you're the fat friend and y'all go out to a party or something like that? And it's like the skinny friends always assume, you know, they're going to pick up all the guys. And they're like, if a guy gives you attention, it's like, sometimes they can't believe it. Like he really wants to talk to you or, you know, like they're in shock that, you know, you're not the one that is the eyeball out.
1: I mean, so for me, I, well, it's, it's, it's different for me because I feel like I am, I'm queer. And so when I like the, when you're trying to catch men, um, that experience is definitely very different. But when growing up, I think that I was never I was never uh I was never considered to be sexual, right I was always like desexualized to my friends to the point that like me being a sexual being or being attracted to anyone was kind of like a laughable joke you know um if we were ever talking about um if we ever went out and like there was a cute guy or anything like i was never uh never considered to be the person that would maybe want to talk to them you know um and it was something that still kind of happens now right like people just assume that no one would be interested in me or even that i'm not interested in anyone Mm
0: -hmm. so how is your you know you don't have to answer it if you want to but how is your dating life you know now as an adult you know accepting who you are and your body like how do you go about it with with lovers like are you do you have certain reservations with certain people like are you, are, oh. you of, are you one of those fat films that date other fatties and fatties only or do you date anyone that you're like really attracted to because there was a time where i would only date big guys but then after a while i got the most fat phobic attitudes from big men
1: right i i will date anyone i prefer fat people however i'm like i've dated i've dated different folks and i also experienced that of like when i date or when i'm interested in another fat person like i then also have to carry the internalized fat phobia that they have right about being fat about like what people think um and it's you know, or even just like being super critical, right? Like people project their own feelings. And so that doesn't make me like, oh, I don't want to date fat people, but I just notice that. But at the same time, I experience that with smaller folks too. People, they like experience, um, they have a lot of fear of becoming fat. And so they will talk about their body or talk about, um, you know, Foods that they shouldn't eat or like do this big shame spiral about like i ate a cookie and i'm just like it, it just feels like you're so afraid of being fat and i'm fat standing right next to you you know
0: exactly that's exactly what it is where you know like you're around these smaller people and they're like you know oh my god my thighs are getting big and you're like bitch my body is like my thigh is the size of your body and you're scared to gain five or seven pounds like right
1: and the thing is that like it's 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 okay for people to be on their own journey however what that communicates to me is that you don't truly see me as like um as like a whole person or you don't see me as attractive you don't see me as like worthy um because of the way that you talk about yourself or talk about other people um and so that i experienced that with skinny friends and fat friends like and it's like you know, when you say that, they're like, oh, no, not you. Um, I remember I was, I was in high school, and this uh, one of my friends, I asked her to – we were eating at the lunch table, and I had food, and I, she was about to throw her food out. So I gave her my plate, like, hey, can you throw my plate out with yours? And she was like, no, I'll look fat and disgusting. Um, and I just looked at her like, you're so – I'm like, what, what's the big deal about being fat? I'm like, I'm fat. Do you think I'm disgusting? And she was just shocked. Like, how could you say that? You know that I love you, all these different things. And I'm like, I I don't really know that to be 100% true. You
0: know, um, it took me a long time. Like, you know what? I realized as I'm now and older that I was fat phobic too. Like, I would stay away from, like, um, fat girl clubs or, like, you know, fat girl f- Alleged fat girl meetups because one part was a legit concern that you I, there would be a lot of um men and women that fetishize fat bodies. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a genuine like like or appreciation. And another you know um, concern I had was like you know why do i have to always go to or why do i need to always be around fat people to socialize you know what i'm saying but now i look at it you know those spaces are needed like there are spaces, you know like there's spaces that black people only need to be in a space only that you know um marginalized genders need to only be in so of course there needs to be spaces where only fat people could be there And be themselves without thinking about you know is my dress too tight you know how do i look sucking in your stomach like just to be completely comfortable
1: right and uh that's one of the things that i do i try and i host like fat uh safe spaces for like fat folks and people of of marginalized genders
0: oh where tell us
1: i don't know (laughs) so i mean you can follow me on instagram and um see like the spring events that i have um we'll probably have a fat swap it'll the it'll be based in washington dc but i love working with anyone who wants to have a safe space in another city but what you're saying is very true like it's important for us to have our safe spaces and it's not just to have a space where there are fat people around but where there are people who are also okay with being fat and they love their bodies and they want to you know they feel like they deserve space to be that um and i don't know i think that like For me in like dating um and like when you brought up the fetishizing like if i if i meet someone and they say that they're interested in me i one of the first questions i ask them is like have you ever dated a fat person before have you ever had sex with a fat person before um and people kind of look at me weird but it's because like i'm not trying to be your um experiment you know what i mean like i'm not like i'm a real person i have real needs it's also important because there are so many people who because of fat phobia they've had very little relationship or real friendship with other fat people um and so what they see in the media they believe to be true and so i've been in spaces where people don't realize you know fat fat girls deserve pleasure right like or just different things like different stereotypes about fatness that fat people smell more right like fat people are lazy all of those things and like i've been talking to someone or wanting to have sex with someone and realizing like they have never been with a fat person before and they will say things that kind of feed into that stereotype um so it's really important to have spaces where we can like dispel those lies about fatness
0: you know what um recently um they someone had resurfaced this jill scott performance live for singing crown royal and it was basically her um
1: yes i love it i love that
0: song first of all that song came out like
1: get that Jill
0: first of all that song came out i think in 2007 so niggas are mad late but you know people were like oh i need a, a bbw like jill scott and it's like first of all you're late and second of all there's this also this stigma that fat women are super sexual hypersexual because we're fat and we'll do anything to keep a partner because our self esteem
1: is low right I and and you encountered it, that i i mean i think i I've encountered that by especially with being with uh, skinnier people, right? I think that they assume that like my boundaries aren't real, that like I'll take whatever kind of treatment that they give me because I'm desperate. Um, people being shocked when I'm like, I don't want to do this, or, like, I would like to wait. Um, I definitely experience that. And it's also, like, I th- it's, like, being fat, like, people assume the extremes, that, like, either you have no idea what you're doing, you don't have sex, you're not a sexual person, right? Like, they mam- like they make you a mammy. Or, like you said, you're, like, very desperate. Um, and the hard part is that there's a lot of fat, fat femmes who experience that. I know that in the conversations and spaces that I've had, people have come and said to me, like, you know, I was, out, I was like out here giving blowjobs because that was the only like kind of sexual experience I could get because that's the only thing that dudes would do with me. Um, and so I wasn't having sex, but I would just, there's this boy who, in secret, I would give him blowjobs every day. And that I've heard that from many, many fat fans. So it's like a stereotype, but then skinny people perpetuate the stereotype.
0: Oh, right. absolutely. When I was younger, you know, as on my on you know, my space days, um, there was this guy who on his profile said, you know, I don't date girls that weigh over 170 pounds.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: I thought he was attractive, right? So in my head was like, you know, I know I'm way over 170 pounds, but I'm gonna get you because I think I'm fine and this and that and the third. You know, fast forward later, he had a small dick, so it made sense. But at the same time, (laughs) you know, when I was like, I'm not interested or I don't want to talk to you anymore, it was like, well, I just wanted you to suck my dick anyway. And I was like, I didn't even suck your dick because your dick is too small. But anyway, you think I just wanted to suck your dick because I'm fat. And that's what you think girls are available for. You think fat girls are just going to suck your dick because you don't find them you know, physically attractive, when that's not your real issue,
1: right? And then also, like, if you turn a guy, if you turn a guy down, um, and this has happened with me with men and women. I remember I was dating someone for like three months, and we were together, and then I broke up with them. And after I broke up with them, they started calling me this fat bitch, you ugly bitch, like all this other stuff. And I was like, but I wasn't fat or ugly when you was eating my pussy, though. Was I? No, like... you
0: never are. You never are. You're only fat when they don't want you no, or when you don't exactly. want you, no you don't want them no more to be like you fat bitch. Or when you walking down the street and you minding your business, you got your headphones on and you're purposely trying to ignore somebody, right? And you keep on walking, yes. you keep on walking, you keep on walking. I ain't want you anyway, fat bitch. Well why are you following me?
1: Mind your business, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs> Why men are trash number
1: eight hundred and fifty three for real. But and the thing is, like the like the person that I was dating, right, was a woman who was like masculine center, and so like don't you know people will buy into this like masculinity and this like idea that you know we're only worth uh, we're only our worth is tied to like how you're attracted to us, right, um, and like what you can get from us, but what makes having skinny friends difficult is that i have this whole experience that like you may not have right like i had this whole experience in dating this whole experience in life getting around and things and like if you have friends that are just not open to understanding that or holding that you could have two different experiences right it makes it feel like we can't even really have a friendship and i know that the friendship that i have with my fellow fat friends and i also have strong friendships with my skinny friends but they're just different because there's just a way that my fat friends can empathize with my experience that my skinny friends can't
0: very true very true it's like i said especially when it comes to like you know simple things and i don't think they really think about it because like you said they don't live those experiences like you know Mm -hmm. going shopping like it's a oh super thing that everyone likes to do or, you know, indulges in every once in a while, but it's harder. It's It's harder for me. Being the size that I am, to be like, I want to go shopping. There's because because there's specific stores I can only really shop in. I can't oh, take my skinny Brian. girlfriend
1: yes. to Lake
0: Brian. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Exactly.
1: Like- <laughs> I do, and like she's just standing around looking around, like, uh, like. And most of the time when I go shopping with skinny friends, if if I actually most times I really never really went shopping with skinny friends and it wasn't until recently where I really could go into stores right like a lot of times the cute clothes was mostly online um but most of the time we just split up right also these hoes is walking too fast they don't like I'm trying to like they just like channel behind I'm channeling behind them and stuff like that and they're going into they want to go to Victoria's Secret they want to go to Abercrombie they want to go to all of these stories that don't sell my size. And so I'm just like standing around and looking at the jewelry constantly. Oh,
0: and yes. That is like the fat
1: girl <laughs> default. Right. Look at some jewelry, maybe some gloves, depending on how your hands are. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you have, if you have small feet, which I do not. I never had small feet. I always have big feet. I wear a size 11 now. But if you had small feet, like maybe you could look at the shoes and they'd be like, oh, we had so much fun. And it's like, actually, I didn't. Um, And then like, I remember just being so excited because they brought a Torrid to this mall that was near my college. And so when me and my friends were shopping, I was like, bye, hoes. Like I would leave their asses in Victoria's Secret. I was like, I'm just I'm just going to spend my whole entire time in Torrid because it's the only store here that sells my stuff. And I just stopped even asking them to come with me because I didn't. Feel like them waiting around and staring at them. Looking I certain. have
0: never been Victoria's Secret size. Like the only thing I used to go into Victoria's Secret when I was younger is to get some body lotion. Like I never was able to fit anything in Victoria's Secret, and and you know, even you know, this might sound, we- sound weird, but even traveling and being fat with skinny friends, it's a different experience.
1: Ooh. <laughs> oh no I'll stop I, yeah no it doesn't even happen for me I I only fly Southwest do you know about the Southwest deal oh let me tell you child so I haven't growing up like I would just be I would just expect when flying that I was going to be like really tight because I ain't never had first class money so I looked it up and Southwest has a customer of size um, policy so you know how like you saw on the news and like one person's a friend, Amber Phillips, she was um she does black joy next tape and she was on a flight and this white woman next to her, um, you know, the the seat was too small and the white woman was upset because like her arm touched her. Um and it escalated so much is why we escalated so much that she ended up having the like airport police called on Amber and Amber is like a dark skinned fat femme right and so we hear all those stories and a lot of the airlines they all say that if you are larger than their seat which is usually about like 18 18 inches wide I'm not bigger than 18 inches wide and they will say you have to buy another seat like most of them will not refund you the cost, so you just have to pay for both. Um, if you if you can't fit into the small into that one seat, but Southwest they will give you an extra seat for free. So what I usually do is like you can one you can buy the buy two seats to make sure that you have them, and then you call them and they'll refund you the price of the second seat. Or if it's not a really packed flight, you can buy the ticket, go to the airport early and go up to the desk, I go to the full service counter, and I go there and I say, I need a customer of size um, ticket. And they will, right there, they'll check to see how full the flight is. I've been on pretty full flights and they've still done it. And they will just print me an extra ticket and they will make me pre-boarding. So that, you know, with Southwest, you don't have assigned seats, you line up based on the time that you registered, you checked in. And so I get pre-boarding, so you go in right um, with like, Kids and like people who have wheelchairs. So like after they go, you go and you can pick a seat and you put your little extra ticket right next to you. And so, it I just be chilling. I don't. I'm like I get two seats to myself. I also with that I love to like look around when I'm waiting to get onto the plane to see if I see another fat person, especially a black fat person, and let them know that I have an extra seat um, and that they can get one themselves or they can come and sit with me so that way we can both have some extra space.
0: That is so nice of you because, again, a lot of people don't think about these things traveling with fat, you know. And I, I usually take Southwest and um, I remember I was in Southwest. I have some leggings and a t-shirt and you know, my hips are really big. So I was, like, trying to put the seat belt on. And then, like, the flight attendant was like, excuse me, miss, do you need an extender? And I was like, no. <laughs> but it was, like, so embarrassing. Like.
1: <sighs> and, it, and it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? My, my routine with flying, because it can be so... Like anxiety inducing. Like I know that I'm doing pre boarding. I go right in. As soon as I get on the plane, I ask them for a seat extender and I go sit down. Like it is, oh, you deserve to have a seat belt that fits your body and you don't have to have a seatbelt that is tight on you. Like it's not your fault. It's the seatbelt's fault. Like it's, the seatbelt isn't large enough for all bodies. So you shouldn't have to feel that way at all.
0: Well, I did because it was like, wow, you just screamed on everybody on the airplane that I'm too fat to fit in the seat. But again, navigating while fat is not as easy as people think. And then it seems like in every opportunity, there's going to be somebody to let you know that you're fat.
1: Right. And it's not even just letting you know, for me, it's not even just letting me know that I'm fat. It's the fact that, like, I can. It's like that it's a negative, right? like it's not like it's not like just normal for everyone because we're all different shapes and sizes. It's like you're a problem, you're not like everybody else um and it's and that makes people like not want to fly at all. So, yeah, I only do Southwest. All of my friends know that I fly Southwest. I remind them. um, And I'm perfectly comfortable flying alone if we go on a vacation. Y'all take Delta and American Airlines and do what you need to do because I'm going to take care of me and my body. Like, it's really important to have boundaries in any relationship but especially if you're a fat person with friends with with friends with skinny people because your boundaries are going to make you safer and then also teach your friends how to be a better friend to you
0: who are some of you know whether they're actresses or actors or or musicians or artists or creative talent or just you know people in media that are more or visible that you look up to with
1: fat bodies so I have so many, but the ones that come to mind is first and foremost Brandy Wharton, um, the creator of Magical Fat Black Fems, and on on IG as Magical Fat Black Fem, and it's a community of 500 uh fat black femmes. And we also have uh, Jay mobley who is the creator of Fat Mermaids, and also on IG as at Fat Mermaids, and so the clothing line that created the popular I don't give a fuck about your diet Susan. And she also just speaks really great um lessons on fat positivity. Um and then I would say Brittany Burton and at Beekeeper Babe on IG and she's came out with a really beautiful fat calendar, which I have. Definitely uh-huh. Gabriel Sidabe, um who played who's like in um Empire right now who was in Precious, right? Do you remember when Precious came out? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. That and was a was really like hard a, time.
0: Yeah, she was like the butt of every joke. Like
1: she was the butt of every joke. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times but it was called Precious. It made me just like it 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 made the way in which she was treated, the way in which her character was treated in that film, made like us like hyper visible and invisible at the same time. But because of that I really loved her because I was like at the same time like you went out there and you did it and you've had to deal with that type of um ridicule for decades right like you've had to deal with that for so long and now you have a different now you have a different career and so I'm just so proud of her that she's able you know in Empire she plays roles that she can she has sex she has relationships she's a she has power um like it, it's not even that she's not a fat, fat girl, but you just get to see her her humanity. And so I really love um, Gabriel for that.
0: Who else do you like or enjoy looking at?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think, I think growing up, like growing up old Monique, um, I say old Monique, right? Um, because she's become a little bit more fat but growing up, Monique was really important to me. Um, I really like, uh, Cupcake, um, who's an, a musical artist. Um, hmm, I have to think some more. Who are yours?
0: Um, as far as, like, fashion, I like, you know, Kelly Augustine, um, she's, like, a plus-size blogger. Um, there's this model who just got signed. She's from Canada, I believe. Her name is pronounced Neo. She's really cute, and I know she's. Um, I believe she's like. Um, she's also queer. I believe, and she's like a plus size model. She does a lot, a lot of. Um, Fashion Nova Plus, and I look at her in it. And she put her measurements up. She said she was about three hundred and seventy-five pounds, and she put her, you know, measurements up. And I just don't see anything on Fashion Nova that, like, I've heard like people that are smaller than her that say that Fashion Nova Plus bodies don't fit well. But I see her in it, so I don't know if. If it's just they're giving her like the good copy and then like giving everybody else bad versions of it, or I don't know. I have to check it out. Have you, have you tried Fashion Over? Or do you know anybody that has, wears Fashion Over plus size?
1: I know a few people that wear Fashion Nova plus size. Most of the people that are my size, it does not fit. Most of the time that like, people, the people who are talking about Fashion Nova, Boohoo, um, uh, Forever 21, who like can really shop, like, and actually buy items outside of like t-shirts and like, um, a bodycon dress or stretchy things. Um, they're smaller sizes. Those are the most, that's usually what I hear. Um, but I think that like, I have seen different Instagram models that I really love who um, end up, who like wear like fashion over different brands and I will buy them and they just will not fit or I'll look at them and like it will actually, when you look at it, it's like she's actually kind of spilling out on the side. Like this doesn't actually seem like this would fit her in a regular day, but like I know that she's getting paid to wear this. So at the end of the day, you really have to know you, you have to being fat, like you have to know the fabric, you have to know how fabric fits you, and you have to look at the measurements of the garment.
0: What if you could tell all your skinny friends, family, you know, potential lovers, potential interests one thing, what would you tell them?
1: Um, hmm. uh, what would I tell them? I I would say I one you need to do more listening, right? You need to listen to your fat friends. You need to actually ask them questions. And asking them questions around like how can I be a better support to you? Asking them questions around like how do you like to be um referred to? Not everyone is comfortable yet with the word fat, right? Some people like BBW, some people like plus size and it's all okay. It's important to Say that, and then also ask like, has that ever come up? Have I ever do you, like, have I ever offended you in a way, or is there a way that I could be a better support to you? Um, I think that for me, those are the the relationships where where I have that open relationship and that open communication is are the best and like real relationships that I have with many people.
0: All right, last question for all of the fat people that listen to this right now, who you know having with their own body image or looking for encouragement, what would you say to them?
1: Ooh, you know that, like, at the end of the day, like, you deserve um, care. You deserve love. You deserve, like, a life without violence and a life without shame, like, a life without discrimination. And, like, at the end of the day, like, that is the most important thing that you're going to have hold on to and like at there is like another side to this right you can live a life where you're not constantly um obsessed or afraid of food obsessed or afraid of like social interactions like there is a world outside of this and like i kind of consider myself as like a woke fat person right um when i realized this and so i would just say that to other fat folks like you can get to the other side
0: cool well thank you for coming on dainty thug i appreciate you um tell everybody what your ig is where they can find you
1: thank you Dainty. um uh, my ig is saint bessie s-a-i-n-t bessie um and my name is kiki so you can follow me <laughs>
0: Yeah, this week's comic review is actually a throwback and it's actually no longer being printed and I've had I've heard and read mixed reviews about it and I wanted to give it a try some people liked it some people hated it um, it's actually another David Walker's um, former project Nighthawk uh, I thought it, I read it as a volume so I didn't read it issue to issue um, maybe that's the reason why. I have a different opinion about it because I just got it as one value. So Nighthawk is a black superhero based in Chicago. And Nighthawk has a sidekick as a girl. She's really super smart. And she helps him as he fights crime. Now, he's not fighting like regular crime, like, you know, thugs and burglars. His his opponents are the Chicago Police Department, and the justice system in general because they have been um, using, you know, getting random kids and teens and planting evidence, and they have been, you know, basically putting crimes on people who are innocent. So Nighthawk, and also he kicks ass in Yeezys. So it was really interesting to see him fighting in a pair of Yeezys. He uses these owl looking drones and he's able to use those drones to, you know, map the area before he goes in. He really kicks ass. He's, you know, he's fighting police officers. It's very, um, Black Lives Matter protest heavy. I, what I appreciate about the run is that Walker actually seemed to actually do his research about Chicago. So he actually took a little bit of Chicago dirty politics and implemented it in a comic. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good um, volume. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it stopped and the comic pretty much ended with a cliffhanger which was kind of like unfortunate, like I said, because you're not getting anything else after that. Maybe it might get revisited in the future. I'm not sure. But speaking of Black superheroes, this weekend at the Schaumburg is the Black Comic Book Fest. Friday and Saturday is a free event at the Schomburg. You can buy all the Black superhero comics and posters and art and meet your faves there. A bunch of panels. It's going to be really cool. I don't know if I'm going yet. Maybe, maybe not. Jury's still out. But if you can get up there, you should, you know, support black artists, support black indie artists, and, you know, enjoy yourself. But, yeah, that's my throwback comic review of the day. Um, Again, it's called Nighthawk by David Walker. You can find it on Amazon. All right, cool. So, hey, next week on Thug, next Wednesday, you can hear us all the time. Keep it real. One.